Hello and welcome to Axlander, a podcast about and for all of you who have left their home to find a new one abroad. Before I start with the next episode, I would very much like to thank all of you who have shared and listened and downloaded the first episode. Um, thank you very much. And uh, I've had about 180 views of the podcast link. Um, I've had 18 downloads so far, which I call a success within a few days. And I've had a number of people sharing the podcast link to other social media sites. Um, I myself don't have any Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Um, however, I will be putting up an Instagram account on Axlander Podcast. So um, I've just started, but um, in the future, if you wish to um, have some updates on this uh, podcast, then um, there's going to be an Instagram account active. Uh, it'll probably take me a few days before uh, that is ready. Uh, also, I've had a couple of people asking me how they can become followers and get notified. Um, and that's the same with the downloads. So you need to basically create an account within the Podbean app. Uh, it's free of charge. It's another it's another app that you uh, that you download from App Store or Google Play. Um, and like that, it is available then to you. And whenever there is a next episode, so you get notified and you can listen to it straight away. Or you uh, can only click the link um, every Sunday evening, but you need to probably you know, go to the browser and um, click the link and you can listen to it online. However, you need to be uh, connected to the internet or you need a device uh, connected. Um, but yeah, so um, you need to register with Podbean. Uh, also, I've had three comments so far. So thank you very much for that. Um, and uh, before uh, it is too late, I think I'll just start uh, talking about the topics that I prepared for this podcast. So, um, as I mentioned in the episode uh, that was with dealing with the issue of home and where that is and what that is when you are a foreigner living in a different country, uh, the number one topic that always emerges is family. And that's uh, just so omnipresent that it is very hard to not talk about family and being away from your family. And it's bad enough to be away from your family in normal circumstances. And when I now think about the corona restrictions or the corona lockdown, uh, many people around me with the same experience or people who I know who live abroad in other countries but are also expats, um, we have all felt sort of the same um, the same need to, 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 to share it and to somehow support each other with the fact that being away from your family is always a topic if you if you are a foreigner. Uh, you're not with them and you're never going to be able to be with them spontaneously, even though you can travel freely and you can uh, hop on a train or drive or uh, you need to buy an air ticket and, and, and fly. Um, you always need to plan it and there's just you know, spontaneous uh, calls, phone calls, oh, come over for, for coffee and cake in the afternoon, that's just not going to happen. That is never going to happen. You always need to plan and you always need to see that um, you get enough time to spend some quality time with them. And especially with uh, the corona lockdown, uh, as it was approaching, and of course it was inevitable and everybody sort of saw it coming. However, the psychological impact of 
closed borders and the stop in international exchange between countries just put an immense pressure on people like us. And of course, there were way worse things happening and there were uh, people dying and there was lots of political stuff going on and so on and so forth. But just this sort of insecurity that you cannot travel to see your relatives, they cannot travel to see you, uh, you are not able to change it and you don't know when that ends was just somehow overwhelming and um, it was definitely uh, overwhelming for me uh, and it was overwhelming for lots of people who I know and who have just uh, without any plan shared you know we've just all shared the same emotion and the same experience and it was just so interesting to see what it does to people uh, when there is an insecurity and when there is, when suddenly everything is closed and you don't know, uh, are the borders going to be reopened next month or will it take half a year or is it just a matter of uh, two, three weeks? So nobody knew that answer. So um, yeah, this is something that was just intensified with... The, the, the normality that if you if you live in a foreign country and you uh, live, let's say, on the same continent or even on a different continent, which is even harder, like you always need to fly, you cannot really travel by train or by car or by coach, um, then this, this got intensified and this was uh, just always circling uh, my mind and minds of many, many, many other people. Um, and luckily enough, uh, the lockdown is, is, uh, is over, uh, borders are open again and um, yeah, we can plan some travels or we can arrange that our family uh, relatives and our other family members are going to see us. Um, however, uh, that time was just a bit, yeah, it was a bit peculiar and a bit special, I think, for all of us. Uh, who are in the same boat. But in the normal, uh, or, the, or the new normal, or the normal times before and now, even after corona, um, being away from your family is just something that you probably need to admit. Like, you need to uh, accept that as a fact. Uh, especially, and I think once you have children, uh, it is going to be painful to know that, um, you know, like you're aging, your parents are aging, if you're lucky to have parents. Um, and uh, yeah, you've just had a child and you want your child to spend some quality time with uh, with with uh, his or her grandparents. Uh, however, that's just not, not going to be spontaneous and it's not going to be possible. Like unless you have a private jet and you're a millionaire and you, you know, fly all over the globe, uh, in your <laughs> in your private jet, like that's just not going to happen, and um, sometimes this is frustrating. And uh, some people have certain tips and hints on how to how to deal with this. So, uh, for example, I've heard from uh, one one expat. Um, he was saying, you know, it's it's bad enough that I don't get to see my parents, but whenever I go home and whenever I um, plan that visit. I don't let anybody else know that I am with my family and I am no longer interested to see people um, who I've known from childhood but like our lives have just 
moved on and changed so much. Like I don't, I'm not interested in little chit chat. I want to, like my time is just so valuable that I really want to be just with my parents, brothers, sisters, you know, with the immediate family. Given, of course, that you have um, uh, very good relations. Uh, I mean, there are families where there are disputes and so on. Uh, but yeah, but that's not that. That's not the focus of. Um, uh, that's not the topic that I want to deal with. So uh, yeah, maybe this is this is a good technique on how to try to utilize the, the the negative aspect of you know missing your family and not being able to be with them. Then really to plan that accordingly and to only spend time with them, even though they've got their own life and they've got their own errands to run and they've got their own uh, stuff to do. Still, you know, if if the, if both sides really agree on, okay, well now you're here, or you know, they come to your place and they come to visit you, we're now spending time together, and that's it because we haven't seen each other for so long. Um, it gets easier. It gets more difficult. Uh, there are people who have um, families who live abroad, just you know, a few hour drive away. Uh, and that's that's doable within longer weekends and within let's say prolonged sort of holidays or state holidays that you couple up uh, couple with a weekend and yeah you can you can quickly go and visit your family. Uh, there are people who have families on uh, on a different continent, so there it gets a bit trickier and it's also a question of finances. Like do you want to <laughs> you can see other people, let's say if you're a, if let's say if you're a family, so it's you and your husband or wife and your child or children, and you can see other people around you, other families, let's say locals who are investing in a mortgage or um, uh, college education funds or savings or, you know, they're, uh, they've just bought something, they've just bought, uh, they just invested their money uh, in something and your family is living in uh, the US or in Latin America, then most of your finances are going to be spent on that because you never know how long, let's be honest, like how long your parents are going to live, how, how long grandma is going to be around and you want to spend those Christmas and those, uh, you know, those few holidays with with them. It's, it's, it's valuable, it's precious and you want to, you want to invest in that. So uh, yeah, this is also one aspect that I've um, that I've heard from someone who said uh, it is uh, it is true. Like you, your priorities have to change and they have to sort of adapt. And um, yeah, from my experience, I'm lucky enough. Let's say I'm grateful for at least one set of grandparents, even though I would very much like to have both. Um, however, that's just never going to be possible. So I'll try to think about, okay, my daughter is now, I mean, she's a baby, but once she gets older, so um, traveling to see my parents is going to be somewhat like, let's say, special holidays or, you know, it's going to be you have grandparents here and you also have grandparents somewhere else. So the pain, you know, that I feel uh, or that many people as well feel from not being able really to be with your parents and for, for them to experience how your child is developing and spending some time with him or her. Um, yeah, try to at least, or at least that's uh, my perspective, try to 
position it as something actually positive. Yeah. So it'll be something, it'll be something special. It'll be something new, you know, not everybody has that. So let's say, you know, when, when she's at school, so yeah, um, I've got grandparents here and they're cool and I've got great time with them, but I also have another set of grandparents and I see them, I don't see them that often, but when I see them it's always great fun and, and, um, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, and, and you know, I'm I'm looking forward to the to to the journey and and to to the adventure that I'm going to experience. So, but then this is in in the ideal world. But um, yeah, few people have been have been thinking about it this way, and I think that that's a good strategy um, to forget the pain a bit and focus on the on the positive side. Uh, of course, I mean, I've known people who are expats in a third country. So let's say there is a couple who um, uh, the wife or the, the the girlfriend is, let's say, British. He is German and they live in Switzerland or he's Italian, uh, she's Danish and they live in Switzerland. And they have no set of grandparents if they if they decided to start a family and they relocated to the to a third country then for them it is very hard or um how do they i can't even imagine how they um plan accordingly and how the pain i mean it must be it must be so so much more intense that um i'm i can't even imagine and maybe it would be interesting to to get to know some of the tips and hints from those of you who are in the same situations like myself, let's say, okay, you've got, you've got a, a local partner or a local spouse, or as well from those of you who are living, let's say, here in Switzerland or elsewhere. I mean, I've known people like this in, in who are living in Luxembourg and they're from different countries. So it would be interesting to know how you deal with that, not able, not being able to see your family, of course, video chat and telephone and Skype and Viber and FaceTime and WhatsApp, that's all great, but it just hurts. And those people have it way harder um, than anybody can imagine and they still cope with it. So yeah, um, sometimes I think it would be good for those who are, let's say, locals or people around us all um, who have both their families uh, present and they don't, they can't even imagine what that means. Um, maybe this is also interesting for them to see that, you know, it's not always that easy and there is quite a lot of pain and sometimes you wish you came back and were with your family, like your original immediate family. So, so let me know if there is something you do, something specific or something uh, that helps you to overcome those, those feelings or those emotions. Another topic um, that I want to mention in this episode is the language barrier. And especially if you're a foreigner living in a uh, different country where you've learned the local language and you've mastered it to a certain level, um, then this might be interesting for you. I think it is a bit different and this is um, uh, probably, this applies probably to the whole world 
Um, the expat community that only speaks English, let's say people from the Anglo-Saxon world or people who are from the English-speaking community, probably don't identify with this as much as, as speakers of other languages do. However, I've known a few English speakers who have learned and who have mastered uh, a local language uh, as well, and they, uh, they can identify with uh, having a language barrier, but because the whole world is so globalized and everybody just speaks some kind uh, of English, uh, English speakers sort of don't feel the need to be able to integrate uh, or they don't feel that uh, in order to integrate, they need to be uh, learning the local language because everything, like most of the services, everything is just done in English and lots of locals are going just to be super eager to practice their English with you, which I think, you know, it's good or bad. Um, it's up to you to decide. So, um, yeah, I think there are also certain double standards. So if you're a speaker of um, another language, of a second language and not English, uh, then I guess the pressure given on you to integrate with the knowledge of the local language is going to be way stricter and way way more intense than um, uh, the same the, the same demands then uh, or the requirements then uh, on the on the English speaking community so yeah so let's talk about language barrier after years and years after decades of uh, living in a in a foreign country uh, because this is something that also many people have related to as not not being able to even even if you've mastered the language, you're not being able to um, identify with it hundred percent, and you'll never be able to express yourself hundred percent like in your mother tongue, and that can be frustrating sometimes, especially when you're dealing with the locals who um, some of them who might even forget that you're. You have to strain yourself and you have to think in a different language. Like you have to think in a foreign language and you have to be able to express yourself in a foreign language. Now, for example, I myself really like to learn languages and I wish I could know more languages than I do. Now I speak, like my mother tongue is Czech, I speak fluent English, I speak fluent German and I could speak fluent Swiss German, but I just don't identify with that language. However, I understand uh, spoken Swiss German, um, and uh, I just don't find it necessary to, uh, to 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 speak that language. However, uh, yeah, it is a probably a, a a bit of a special situation in Switzerland. So when I'm thinking about other countries, um, yeah, uh, I think knowing the official language an even minority language, let's say like Danish or Norwegian, which is not, it's not a world language, but it's the local language of the country where you live in. Uh, I had a few friends who live in Denmark. Um, then I think it's very good. You need to be able to do your grocery shopping and, you know, go, go to the doctors and you need to have some basic understanding and you also want to interact with the locals and you don't want them to be still switching into, into English. Um, even though they're very happy to switch into English, but they're not, uh, that happy to, uh, accept that you haven't mastered, um, the local language, uh, to, uh, a proficiency level, let's say, but uh, these are exceptions. 
but yeah, so how do you how do you deal with that? I mean, are you also frustrated? Is this something that when you think about okay, I'm going to stay in this country probably forever, or I don't know, at least for next 20 years, but I'm just not going to be able to I learned, you know, I learned the language, I've invested so much, I've had uh so many um, so many opportunities to uh to, to to improve and to master that language however it's just never going to be 100% and sometimes this might scratch your ego as well because the minute you're with locals only and you're having a conversation sometimes at a very high level you know on certain topics then it might happen that you don't know a word like a specific word and Everybody's been talking about something and then you don't you can't follow because you suddenly stopped like your brain has has not clicked together the sentences because you just don't know that word so you've forgotten meanwhile they've they've moved on to a, a different topic you've forgotten half of what they've been saying because that word just doesn't you just don't know it and yes we can all deduce uh from the context and we we can all um understand you know if you use if you use synonyms and so on but just like sometimes this is this is something that is just so um so mean i guess um i that's that's what i would describe it because you are straining yourself too hard and you've probably even created your answer or your input to that conversation but that that one word is just not going away and you have to ask like you have to wait you don't want to be interrupting people so you wait um when they stop talking meanwhile they've probably moved on to another topic or to like two other topics this was probably 10 minutes ago already and you go like guys uh, what was this word again you know that you used and they go like oh yeah which one oh you mean that oh that oh you don't know that and then you feel like you're a complete you feel like a stupid person because they no longer regard you like they no longer regard you in terms of language like you are able to have a conversation at quite at some kind of level so they no longer regard you like they need to strain themselves to like speak uh, clearly or you know to speak per perhaps a bit slower and suddenly you don't know one thing and they go like well how come you don't know this and then you go like well yeah i'm you know i'm trying to communicate with you in like a second or a third foreign language uh, how would you feel when <laughs> when you know you would like to contribute to the discussion and you just didn't know this one word that just you don't know so and some of them go like all oh, right yeah man are uh, we forget completely that you're following a discussion in a foreign language like we're speaking our mother tongue so i think sometimes even sometimes people get like impatient um but then probably those are not the right kind of people you should be having a great time with so i don't think that um those people are very uh, very enriching in your life however i've experienced it too and um I know two other people who've who've experienced it as well, one in French and one in Danish. So people being so impatient um, until you've been able to like express yourself fully and sometimes you don't want to use primitive words and sometimes you want to search for, you know, a bit more eloquent phrases. Um, 
and the locals or somebody at the at the table would be just finishing the sentences for you. And they go like, oh, we just want to help. But like, uh, you know, we need to move on to another topic. Like just say your stuff. Nobody cares really. Because, you know, this was done with 10 minutes ago. Uh, but yeah, so did you mean this? Okay, well then let's move on. And say, well, that's, you know, that's so rude. And that's so inconsiderate. And um, yeah, I don't think you should be spending much time with such people. But um, they no longer appreciate that you've basically mastered their mother tongue to like 95% level and uh, yeah if they get impatient and they still don't understand um, that you need to strain yourself it's not that you would need special treatment but you know they could they could they could understand that and they could quite you know they could get acquainted with with your situation but this at the same time and I've spoken to that with other people at the same time, it also might get annoying for you because if everybody is then, it's just, it's so hard to, 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 to judge because if then everybody is speaking slowly and politely like that you're a complete idiot and you don't understand and have you understood and they're going to be speaking to you like this, <laughs> then you also don't really feel... Uh, you know, uh, adequate, like that's, uh, that's a strange situation and you don't really want to be finding yourself in such situations. You go like, well, yeah, I understand what you've been talking. It's just this one word, you know, or probably you've just swallowed a syllable that I've missed. Could you just repeat that word? But it doesn't mean that you need to go like to like level zero and start talking like uh, the receiver and the person who is a foreigner is a complete idiot. Um, but yeah, this is, I'm not saying like you can change people and we shouldn't be doing that and I'm not judging anyone. I'm just sharing my inputs, my thoughts on this, my experience and as well experiences of some other people and sometimes of those very sort of bizarre situations. So this can get quite frustrating sometimes. And sometimes the inability to react fast enough that you just want to, that yet you would be able to react in your mother tongue, that's also something that can get a, a, a bit frustrating. And people react to it differently. I mean, I try, I try then not to, I try, I'd, I'd rather be sort of silent than react. And then in the middle, I'll just lose the thread. I lose the word because the, the word comes in two other languages to my brain before it actually comes in in German. So yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. And there's also, there there have been studies if people are speaking in a foreign language, they use a different pitch. Um, I guess that that's true as well. So you sound a bit different when you uh, when you speak your mother tongue and when you uh, are having a conversation in a foreign language. But so much to language barrier, uh, it's always going to be there. It's never going to be away unless you're like a um, 100% um, computer program that can spit out um, all possible synonyms to one word that is existing in a vernacular. Um, it's you need to be deal with uh, you need to be dealing with that and you need to accept it that it's just um it's just the way it is and of course you can always improve 
and you can read more, you can speak more, but there are certain mistakes that you will keep making. That's the same. That's that's why I don't really speak Swiss German because I know I will be making many mistakes, and I don't really want to be. Um, I don't want to be using such kind of language. Um, but I guess maybe to those who are listening, and I know that there are a few Swiss listening uh, to it, let's say now for my situation, my acquaintances who are Swiss and who are locals, maybe they also can understand a bit, you know, they can think, oh man, you know, like I speak probably, um, I speak very good French or I don't speak good French, I speak some kind of English or I speak very good English, but Every day, 24-7, the minute you wake up, if you have a foreign spouse who doesn't know your language, until the minute you go to bed, everything, unless you're speaking to your family uh, or to people who speak the same language, you are always going to be straining yourself way more. You always need to be alarmed. You can't just sort of switch off. You can't switch off and you need to be... You need to be ready. You need to be thinking. Your your brain needs to be alarmed. And that's, yeah, it's exhausting sometimes. However, it's also very enriching because it gives you a great advantage over other people. And it is something beautiful. And I wish, as I say, I mean, I, and I'm not... Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not complaining, but if I could speak five more languages fluently, I would love that because I think the more languages you can speak the more cultural nuances you can understand and uh, yeah, the more th you can understand the mentality as well. So yeah, I mean, I speak very, very basic French and it's just basically a survival kit. Uh, so that's on the top of, uh, so that's to, on the top of my um, language skills, but yeah, I wish I could speak like at least four or five more. <clears throat> and that, um, probably goes hand in hand with one of the last topics that I'm going to cover and that's you're always just going to be the foreigner. You're always going to stay the foreigner even if you have a citizenship, even if you've mastered the language, even if you've lost your accent and tried to imitate a local accent, which I don't think, I mean, I personally don't think is a good thing. And I think it really um, is not necessary. And um, it makes you somehow lose your identity, which I don't think is uh, good uh, for your, for your identity, uh, for your personality and for you trying to identify it as someone. And I think it's not good for your mental health. You're still going to stay the foreigner, at least in the eyes of the locals. Even though they've had these conversations with you, they you do the same things, you spend time together, you, um, uh, you're, you, you, you're befriended, you're acquainted, you're never going to be the local, even, even with a passport. And your name is always going to be different, Things you do are going to be a bit different. The let's say how you approach certain topics, how you celebrate certain things. Um, there is there are differences in how people celebrate Easter and Christmas and all these let's say festivities. Um, that's always going to be a battle, like um, between who am I going to be 
on this and that occasion? And I think the perfect answer to it is always be yourself. There is nothing more or nothing less you can do because you cannot change yourself. And yes, you may you may have adapted certain way of thinking, certain way of doing things, certain knowledge that you didn't have before you moved and before you settled. However, if you try to change and if you try to adapt way too much, like way too uh, eagerly, and if you are, uh, if you want to cover up your identity and you don't want to, you know, you want to pre present or position yourself as one of the local ones, which you'll never be, like that is, that is a position that you can never achieve and I don't frankly see why you should be trying to or why should be aiming to achieve this however i've known such people that uh, or who who have who have tried that and who who said you know like i'd rather not say where i'm from and you know like have an accent and that's uh, uh yeah i'd rather i'd rather not say because yeah i mean there are certain stereotypes there are certain everybody has prejudice and stereotypes but i think you always need to be yourself and you always need to be positioning yourself as who you are. You have, you are a foreigner and that's okay because you cannot change it and you don't really want to change it. You didn't grow up in that particular region on that country. You didn't grow up with that language. You probably grew up watching the same cartoons or different cartoons you grew up with different set of values or maybe the same set of values. Like, you know, there are countries in Europe that are not that <laughs> uh, far away from each other in terms of mentality. However, you are never going to be the local. And your home and your heart and your identity is always going to be on two places. At least that's my experience I would very much like to hear from you if you have different opinion on this or if you have certain experience that you'd like to share, please do. It would be super exciting and super interesting to read those comments or uh, to interact with you. Um, I think this is what makes it so special because <laughs> at least our lives are not boring. Like we do get to deal with stuff. <laughs> and if there is a boring period <laughs> of our lives, such as let's say there was corona restrictions and everybody was home officing and people were working in the garden, everybody was baking. And we, uh, me too, I was cooking like I was cooking like crazy and I was cleaning and doing everything to occupy my mind to forget the the sadness that there that there was in you know, being when one with one foot here and spending time like this here, not being able to do anything like nobody was. And to accept that my identity is just in two different places. Um, so yeah, let me know. Thank you very much for listening today. And uh, I will be looking forward to catching up with you in the third episode. And as promised, that one is going to be dealing with uh, friendships with how it is when you lose friends uh, 
uh, when you when you settle abroad. How is it with gaining new friends? Some countries are probably easier. Some some countries are way too difficult in gaining new friends. And actually, what does friendship mean then in your everyday life as a foreigner abroad? So thank you. Have a great day. And I'll be looking forward to catching up with you next Sunday. Bye.